You're listening to the Funny Women Survival Guide, the uplifting tongue-in-cheek podcast where we chat to British comedy's funniest females in an attempt to cheer up and entertain the nation in these uncertain times. And here's your host, Alexis Strum. Hello, welcome to this week's show, which is a sibling-tastic special. I mean, obviously every week special at the Funny Women Survival Guide, but this week our guests are sisters. Stevie and Gina Martin. Now, Stevie, you may already know, is a hilarious writer-performer. I love her sketches. And Gina is an activist and influencer who successfully campaigned to have the law changed on upskirting. Also joining us in the studio is Funny Women's Kate Stone. And we chat about tortoises, everyday sexism in comedy, and the benefits and perils of social media activism. And of course, we got them to play our fab game, how alert are you? Um, it's a Corona quiz and, and it's got a terrible theme tune because I didn't have a lot of time or any pop stars to record it. So, uh, yeah, I hope you like that. But enjoy. Welcome to the show, Stevie and Gina Martin and Kate from Funny Women. Yay. Woo. Should we clap ourselves? Yeah, yeah we probably should. Come on. <laughs> okay. I'll yes. everyone. Well done for getting up today. <laughs> Literally, though. <laughs> so <laughs> how did you two meet? <laughs> uh, you tell them. <laughs> so I, I actually met, I, there's like a few years where we just didn't know each other. And then my mum made her. And, wow. And uh, she just popped out. And uh, I, I actually still remember, I remember being at the hospital. But I, but I was like three. But I've just got one little image of a sort of a, brownish sort of beigey weird sort of big table with a baby in it and me being like and then she had lots, she had lots of black hair and that, that, that was all I remember and, and then, really, ah, I used to cry years. every time she cried as well I was crying Cute. every single oh, time yeah Gosh. and then three years later she told me she told mom she wanted to marry me and she asked how she was able to do that yes Correct. She loved me so much, and uh, it's so cute. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> Has this continued? Does this level of love still present? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, she's my best friend. But I did hate. Well, we sort of hated each other when we were going like you know teenagers. But yeah, then... I got I got a razz. What was it? I got um a Lincoln Park. Park hoodie, and we fell out for about three months because Stevie was like, she's just got one because I've got one. She's such a sheep. That's what I was... Well, actually, all saints split up on the basis of a coat. So, you know, oh. fair dues. Fair, fair dues. enough. Fair enough. And Kate, have you got any siblings? Let yeah, I've got before. one older sister. Oh, so do I. So do I. And there's four years between us. Oh, this so is like a fair. sister's vibe, right? Yeah. It's cute. cute. Hang on a second. Can I just ask a question? Why have mm. I got Sensible Creative as my name on Squadcast? <laughs> I, I think if you don't assign a name, it just gives you one, and they're all awful. Oh, okay. kooky, kooky name! <laughs> oh, it's so, oh, it's so cute, isn't it? It's so funny. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. So, oh, where well. did you guys grow up then? Where was? I don't know. Liverpool. We were born, but then we grew up in Cheshire. So we home yeah. of Hollyoaks. Yeah, it is, and like Liverpool. I don't know about you, Stevie, but I feel like Liverpool is our home. I don't, I don't feel like at all. Oh, do you? I don't feel like Cheshire's at home at all. I don't have any affinity with the place, but I feel like because everyone in our like our grandparents or family, like the football team we support, we used to go there all the time. And I feel like 
and our mum's mum and dad have are still like scouse and they have like not mad scouse accents but they still have a little so they're very Liverpoolian people I feel like so I always feel like Liverpool I feel more of affinity with Liverpool than I do with Cheshire Ah, that's interesting. That's, I think that is actually interesting because I don't at all. I just feel like really? where we grew up is where we grew up. Yeah, <laughs> but that's also so weird. I don't, I don't hear mum and dad's scouse accents at all until I like would bring friends home and they, and like from uni or something or boyfriends and stuff. They'd be like, "Your parents are so yeah. scouse." Like, <laughs> okay, no, they're not. Yeah, it's weird. Who's so the weird. most scouse person in it that you can think of, like in in the public eye? Jamie Carragher. Oh yeah, David <laughs> yeah. Carragher is the most proper scouse. like <laughs> talk like that. Shechan, that is proper yeah. like that. Yeah, I do. I mean, I love a scouse accent. I think um, in terms of like you know they did a sexiest accents poll a few years back. Were mm. you aware of this? Mm-mm-mm. And um, Geordie was quite high. Irish, obviously, understandably. Um, Birmingham was the least sexy, I think. I it's think most trustworthy, apparently. Oh, yeah, it is trustworthy, isn't it? Yeah, I wonder why. But Scouse is it's such a great accent, though. Such a great accent. It is. And like a, male, a male Scouse accent I like a lot. Yeah, as in you fancy. Yeah, yeah I mean, I fancy it for sure. Weird. Which is weird, because, like, that's weird, isn't it? It's that weird? parents. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got some unresolved daddy issues there. Ooh, just trying to work out. So, um... I've obviously done my research and seen that you ladies do a podcast. I have listened to it and it's fabulous. And you do another one on your own, Stevie, as well. So this is this podcast world for you guys must be quite, this is like, this is familiar, right? Not for Stevie, probably. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I've I've spent the last few weeks, that's all I'm doing. (laughs) (laughs) Constant uh, podcasting. And also things like, because when you've got a podcast and you're in lockdown, you're trying to do other things like spin-off things. Like we did a podcast quiz with my other podcast, which is called Nobody Panic with a comedian called Tessa Coates. And so doing like quizzes, then we're doing like live episodes where people can interact. Then we did like a tweet along, a pod Bible tweet along. Oh. So I'm constantly trying to think of like things that are just recording the podcast to do. And then whenever I'm <laughs> doing them, I'm like, why have I said that I do this? Like, I just want to record the podcast and then have a simple life. But yes, it is a very, it's a constant thing. We, but we've we've been doing quite a few of them in lockdown, Gina, as well, haven't we? We've been yeah, doing- we've we've just done some. I mean, Stevie's done it for so long and I've, I haven't ever hosted, but I've been on like an unimaginable amount of podcasts in the past like two and a half years because of the, of the work I do. So I've always been a guest and I think that maybe made it slightly more of a, um, transition for me because I to be a host so I've been learning a lot from Stevie and we've done some in lockdown which has eased me back into it so that's been really nice yeah and is there a rivalry between you as sisters and co-hosts no we're kind of annoying because we're not like that at all (laughs) we have well we do have like a thing which I think is in place of a rivalry which is that so the podcast that we do is called might delete later and, and it's about people we get people on and we talk about their social media habits basically like their old posts their worst ever tweets like things like that and um it we come at it from different angles because I really don't like social media at all and I'm not like not not even not good at it just don't really want to be better at it and Gina is very good at it and we uses it very well and so we automatically have like different viewpoints so I'm always asking like the but isn't it really narcissistic what you just said? And then Gina's being really like, actually, that's a really great way of utilising the platform and use words like optics and stuff. And I'm like, what does that mean? And like, I sound like a whining baby. I thought, aren't optics the things that you have in a bar that 
that give you that distribute the alcohol. Oh my god, I don't even know what that is. That's amazing. Yeah, that. it's called an optic. I love that. Well, I mean, that's it clearly what never about. worked in a pub. <laughs> I mean, I mean, this is the problem as I have. So why don't I know that? Oh right. Yeah, I think they call the optics. Do you know what? I'll have to check this out. After they are. They are. That You're great out. Right. Oh, thank you, Dave. Thank you. <laughs> I would confirm. In the bar I worked in, I was never allowed to be behind the bar. They only had the guys behind the bar, and I had to be oh. the I hate that. And I, I was so bad as the waiter as well. I kept being like, I can do the drinks. And they were like, no, you must look after 17 tables. And I would just be rubbish. And then they'd be like, well, this, it's a shame. Oh, it's a shame. It's <laughs> like, swap oh. me. Swap me. So I think you could have done some good Tom Cruise cocktail moves for sure. Oh, definitely. Yes. You did well, that yeah. with, uh, you did that accidentally with soup into someone's bag, didn't you, Steve? <laughs> yeah, I dropped soup in someone's very, very expensive bag and since anything. And then I also dropped a gravy knife on a baby. That's that was the worst. <laughs> and then during the wedding, I opened the champagne and the, the cork shot out and smashed the huge like wall-sized mirror. And <gasps> everyone applauded me. And then I got asked to leave and fight. <laughs> so wasn't it appalling? Was yeah, it wasn't at all. Really Hang on, you got fired, fired from the wedding. I got fired from the restaurant and I was oh, never at that, yes. <laughs> got you, I'm hey, with you, I'm with you. you. Fired. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, literally that. Yeah, awful. Hey, so, bye, you're fired. <laughs> but what I think is brilliant is that, um, and I read, I think it was an article in the Evening Standard, it might have been about, it was about was it about you wasn't it yeah and um, was it about you, it was about someone else. And it was great because uh, they were saying about how your like kind of not really up on the social media and Gina is and I thought that's a really good take on things um especially with you being a a social media influencer which we will get to obviously because we need to understand more about what that really means um but I think that's a really good combo actually I was genius yeah I think that was like really fun to work out because we sat together and tried to come up with like we've wanted to work together for so long and we keep like our work almost crosses over in like the execution of the work but our work is very different so we may sometimes we'd be like for instance Stevie was doing a set at oh this is when I go I've done so many jobs last year this is when I go I don't know what it was no at the Stevie what was the big theatre where you did that set and I came and I was doing a panel oh for the who funny women it was yeah yes exactly sorry yeah (laughs) I was like I remember running in and being lost in hallways for about half an hour and they're doing a panel then having to leave so fast and I was like which job was it on that day yes for women of the world festival and I was in the dressing room and I could hear Stevie's voice coming out of all of the mics in all the dressing rooms. And I was lost in the, this massive building. So I just watched Stevie on this on the screen. And then I went to try and find her to see her. And I got so lost. And I got, it was I was about 20 minutes running around. And I got to the stage as she finished the set. And I was like, oh, so I missed that. And then I did a panel and she stayed with mum. So it was like, we were always crossed over on stuff, but we've never actually yeah. been able to work together. And so when we were coming up with ideas, we were like, what could we do? And then it, it felt like, an interesting thing to have a concept which is that one of you hates it one of you loves it which is really fun for us because we couldn't pretend to have the same because because even though our work like we we often do pop up in the same regions like I'm often taking the piss out of stuff because I'm a comedian Mm. often in those spheres but I do other things as well but that's kind of what we normally cross over on and Gina is you know actually like doing excellent work but I'm not taking the piss out of what she's doing I'm very much (laughs) taking the piss out of other things and then it's very hard to find a Venn diagram where someone's just doing brilliant (laughs) stuff and someone just like just takes the piss out of everything so this was the perfect way of doing it that didn't just like jar or be me being mean I guess it should be horrible because I don't <laughs> or me like being that. too righteous it feels like a great balance that's true yeah 
I think it's hard to strike the balance though, isn't it? With because um, I watched and I loved Please Like. I don't know if you guys got were into that. Yeah, I, I thought that. it was so so clever because actually, you know, we all equally adore influencers and kind of are intimidated by the concept of it. And I thought um, it was actually a lot of love for influencers in that. And I I noticed that you have Megan Crab on your podcast, who I'm I'm a huge fan of. I think she's great. Is it Body Posy Panda? She calls yeah. herself. Yes, her handle. Um, and as she, as you've done, Jeannie, you've you've you uh, you've both used your platform to influence in a really positive political way. I think there seems to be. I don't know if this is true, so you can tell me. Are there two kinds of influencers? Would you say? I think there's some a that lot. are doing it. There's a lot of different types, but I think the two most visible at the moment are ones that are doing a kind of political slant on stuff and are very, very vocal politically and are using influence for good, for want of a better word. And then um, the aspirational visual influence. So I think they're probably most too obvious, but there's obviously so many different ones. And how do you feel about the aspirational influences? Do you think that there's still um, merit in that as a career I suppose a lot of young kids will go into that and and see people from like reality shows and think that's I want that lifestyle I think yeah I think it's a difficult one because I feel like part of me goes hey look there's not there's been so many um spaces for women blocked out and so many problems uh, for women you know in terms of financially and in jobs and all those kinds of things so it's like part of me is like get your money go for it mate yeah have your own job and get your money um but then part of it a big part of me now as the conversation moves on in society and as we talk about lots of different things finds it difficult to see for instance um you know I don't know someone using their platform for something that could could be detrimental for a lot of people so it's it's a very difficult balance and I guess what it comes down to for me is like I start I mean Stevie will attest to this I used to live in Greece for a while and work on boats and during that period of time I remember I was working advertising and I remember being like well, I'll just use Instagram and like, if I can get some followers, then it will mean that I will be able to have more autonomy in my actual job. Like I'll be able to get paid more. I'll get, it'll be easier to get my next job in advertising because I worked in social media. So if I had a platform, it was like, oh, she knows what she's doing. Um, but I was doing it very aspirationally. I was like, I live in Greece on a boat. My life is so beautiful on the islands. And it was, but the job was also really hard and I wasn't being honest about it. And I got to a point where I was like, do I want to like be on social media to make people want my life? Or do I want to be on social media to make people think more deeply about their lives? And it was like, oh, probably the second one. Like I, I don't really want to be that person that makes mm. someone else feel bad because I spend all my time feeling bad looking at other people. So I don't really want to add to that, maybe. <laughs> but I think that's good. I think the way that you've kind of um, framed that, you know, as it being a good force for women, I, I never really thought of it in that way. And actually, yeah, a lot of these young girls that will be getting into that may have come from poverty or abuse or whatever in their background and maybe it is like the only way through I think it's we are we are all quite quick to judge um you know especially with paid endorsements and stuff there's a word for that isn't there I'm so old I don't know what's yeah like sponsored sponsored content sponsored content exactly um and I think as long as you're not hurting anyone it's just the that sometimes there's a lack of awareness about the company that they may be doing a a deal with yeah and it's like that wider 
implication really isn't it yeah and there's not a lot of nuance there so you have you know for instance like if you've never set yourself up as someone who's going to be out there gunning for the little guy then fine you know like for instance I don't wear fast fashion if you wear fast fashion that's fine but if you set yourself out as someone who cares about sustainability and then you're doing ads from Topshop and H&M and Zara like that's an issue so it's kind of that like it's I guess it's the transparency and the honesty around what you're doing and if that's there and you are you know having loads of fun getting loads of money I mean as a person, I'm very happy to see people like thrive, go for it. Absolutely great. But if you say you're going to be something and then you do something that's detrimental, I feel like that's quite hypocritical. And social media isn't a great place for nuance. So I think we're going to see a big change in the influencer model for a long time. And I think people who maybe weren't getting platformed, who were talking about difficult issues, even because of the last two months, will now be getting more of a platform. And that's a, is only a brilliant thing. Absolutely. And then um, how are we feeling about male comedian apologizes? Stevie. <laughs> <laughs> It's excellent. I love it. I think it's really funny. It's the best um, cat ever. Is it you, Kate? Is it you? No, it's not by a man, guys. Is, <laughs> it? is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, not gonna say who, I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to say. I who think it I is. know who it is. Can it, I say it, a name? It, nice. No. Well, I don't know no, because I really don't want to. You don't know him, okay. Gina. I don't think oh, you. Good. Don't okay. Actually, okay. Okay. He's not necessarily. A, he's not really a comedian. He's. He's. Um. But he's very. He's a really great guy. And I don't I want to know who it is. No. Yeah, I, I didn't want to know. I don't want to know. Let it be like Banksy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, but also there's a lot, like there's been a lot of, um, I've got a lot of WhatsApps from my female friends being like, oh, what is a man? And then you think about it and <sighs> yeah. you're like, no, this is actually okay because you need, like I've been calling them double agents as if it's some sort of like government <laughs> conspiracy, but you I need them. That. You need them. We need like, guys like smart guys to be like taking the piss out of these idiot guys like that's what we need otherwise then it becomes otherwise it's like um it's like us female comedians versus male comedians rather than like everyone Everyone versus pervert and I think that's very (laughs) important but yeah I love it it's just the best I've liked every single tweet and sometimes I just read read through it and just have a laugh to myself and I've already read them all I I think it's done more more not good necessarily is raise more awareness than a lot of us sharing our experiences in some way which I'm not sure if that's it's annoying I'm annoying but (laughs) still I think it's a really good force and um I was going to ask you like so you're both obviously on social media and Stevie I know you use Twitter a lot um and you've started using Twitch because I saw you on a show with Bilal is that how you pronounce his name yeah um and I just wondered if you ever Gina, obviously you're in different platforms, but do you ever kind of find a point on social media? Are there platforms that you both use and and work for activism and comedy? Yeah, I don't know, really. I don't think so. You're more Twitter and I'm more Instagram and we're quite separate, aren't we? Well, I do. I use Instagram quite regularly. I just don't like, I don't don't really use, use either of them, you know, like I'm just on both of them and I do. Yeah. So like, you say you enjoy Twitter more though. I find no, I find Twitter more scary mm. because it, uh, you get judgment immediately. Whereas on Instagram, it's just so much nicer. And everyone's just like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah good one. Like w- for whatever you put out. And you also, with like stories and stuff, you, it, it doesn't require responses. Also, the, the, the sort of stuff that I'm putting on Instagram is just like pictures of, I was, I was going to say pictures of my ass, but it's not like <laughs> just pictures of things. But on Twitter, 
because it's writing, you 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 have to automatically have an you're automatically having an opinion, even if it's just an a angle. stupid joke. Um, and if it's a joke, that's even more exposing because if no one likes it, you're like, oh, <laughs> okay, do I delete it? Um, uh, and then yes, I do. Um, because I'm embarrassed. But um, yeah, I find that that, that Twitter there's more, and also I have more followers on Twitter than I have on Instagram. So there's more, and I've kind of tipped over into a. It was a nice little bubble, and now it's like, oh yeah, no, I'm going weirdos now. It's just like lo- <laughs> just lots of men DMing me, being like, "Hello," you're like, oh. "Okay." <laughs> Very weird. It's a good opener, isn't it? I was going to ask Drop. you actually, what is the worst? So, what is the worst message you've ever had slipped into your DMs? Oh, can you God. tell us? You, well, Gina, I'll, I'll, I'll start with <laughs> you want, if you want one of my light relief. No, <laughs> wait, Gina, you start, and then I'll bring some light relief after it because <laughs> okay. we're going to need cheering up. Do you want me to actually answer it properly? Like, honestly? Because it might be Yeah, 100%. Dark. Yeah, I okay. do. They're really bad. Uh, yeah, they're dark. I got a lot of abuse during the campaign. I get so <sighs> angry. I can't. Gina's really good at it now. Like, she got some some shit the other day. I'm sorry. It's some... Can, can I say shit on this podcast? You can swear. It's just not a You're right. Just a, um, she got some shit the other week just for a tweet or something that was nothing to do with uh, campaigning or anything. And um, it was just like a lot of far-right people jump, jumping on. And at this point Gina you like I was I was like I'd become um Mist. like a storm the woman of the storm and my eyes had rolled back and I was like speaking in tongues like Aah! and um, <laughs> and I and I was really upset and I was like reading them all being like yeah and then I messaged Gina and Gina was like oh yeah we I mean, don't don't read them and you're like oh wow okay do you know what though <laughs> it's like it's self, it, but I'm not though it's self-preservation it's like yes you also don't want your family to be freaking out about it so you're like I'm dealing with it fine but like I am it's like 80% of the time I'm like forget about it, it's fine but then I'll cry about it loads you know what I mean yeah. so can I just can I just explain to our listeners if if anyone out there doesn't know who you are what you actually campaigned for and successfully you changed the law so that you made um well you helped to make upskate upskirting illegal upskating would be better <laughs> upskating upskirting illegal um and if you don't know what upskirting is you really should but it's basically unsavory people taking pictures up ladies skirts yeah or people's skirts non-consensually people's skirts non-consensually yeah. thank you, so you during... I thought, yeah you describe it way better than I can but just I just wanted to cover that so that when you talk about the reaction that you had people understand that actually you did a fantastic thing thank you and uh you know it's completely unwarranted yeah so it's like, yeah, I think it's just anyone who does this kind of work gets this stuff. And as a, a genuinely as a like slim white woman, I get the least of it. Like the stuff my friends get is like, I've never seen anything like it. But uh, this is probably the worst one I've got that I can read out. But lots of them I can't. But this one says, slutty feminist. Hope you're happy with your little shitty bill getting past you fucking dirty C word. Who the hell who the F would want to look at your dirty fanny anyway? That's what this country's coming to. If you don't like it, just moan until you get what you want, you effing feminist. Plus, it's not going to change F all. People will still do it anyway. I hope you get effing rape census by 20 N-words. So that's, so that's, a, that's a, basically, I get wow. like, that's like a bingo of like racism. Like, yeah, you've got it's like whole everything. And some of them are like that. Or sometimes you just get like, a pit, someone's put under a picture of me like, hope she had soiled panties on when she got upskirted that makes me hard and you're like okay great like it's just a lot of shit from guys um so that's probably my what about from women have you had any negative response from women yeah really sadly but i've got got a sister under the bus come on tell me about the women it's i've not got abuse from women ever i've got um like what's the word like 
from older women I I used to get during the campaign I used to get a lot of like we were fighting for right like the right to vote like why are you complaining someone took a picture like relax it happens like just wear trousers which was so it was more victim blaming from women and being like this is trivial what you're doing uh, it was never abuse but there's a scale of abuse and you're on the you're on the like soft scale soft end of the scale of abuse kind of thing I mean that's just terrible I was both, Come both, on, of those, both of those things are as like damaging as as, as the other like abuse is just almost almost as it's not personal because it's just like well you I bet you like you probably say this to loads of people because of the language that he's using whereas women is she's just thought bad about it it's, it's internalized misogyny and you're like that's so difficult to unpack and just depressing and it's know. such a green light when like a guy sees a woman has said shut up Gina that's a load of bullshit for that guy it's such a green light well she's a woman and she doesn't believe it she thinks it's trivial so I think it's bullshit too it's it really I think when people from the community that are being oppressed um, vocalize their distaste at justice movements that could help them it gives such a green light and it is perpetuates the problem so quickly because the the people the the guys go well, what a woman said it, I'm like oh yeah. no. Yeah. So, so yeah. I watched Stevie's face when you read that out and you did the crescendo of the twenty ends, which yeah turned my stomach. I feel disgusted. I'm sure Kate feels the same. But Stevie is her sister. Does that feel like? Do you literally feel like you can't? This tiger mum comes out of these sort of thing. You just want to protect her. I have um, since. I mean, I've I've had a few of them before, but since Gina started doing the campaign, I have regular, regular dreams where Gina is has been taken by people, and I can't get her back, and I'm trying to get her back, and I'm trying to like save her all the time. And I think it very much is that because it's like, yes, to an extent, of course, self you you preserve yourself and you're becoming better at compartmentalizing and you don't you don't obviously go like oh my god that man thinks I'm a c-word so I am but I whenever I've stuck my head I've never stuck my head above the parapet as much as Gina has has in terms of those things but I whenever I've done like a, a tweet about isn't it wrong about uh, male male comedians like using alcohol systematically to rape women and then the responses from men like absolutely of course there's like so many more positive responses just like with Gina's thing obviously so many more positive responses and I'm not being personally attacked I'm not being but I see what that feels like and I actually can't fathom how people I know and follow on Instagram and are doing excellent work can just can take so much of themselves and give that much of themselves and consistently submit themselves to abuse all the time. Um, I, it sounds awful, but like, I, it, I, for me, I'd just be like, oh, it's not worth it. I'll just go back to not doing anything, which is, which makes them so much more brave than we realise and so yeah. much more, because it's not, it's every day. And it's also, of course, the being called a C word or being like um, sent horrific images, like, um, Gina's friend Monroe Bergdorf to just get sent like pictures of nooses and like and it's just horrible yeah. but but of course you, you can those ones are clearly horrible but then even the low level ones are insidious as mm. well so it, it's just constant and I actually really don't understand how and I hope they've all got very good therapists well because they're all designed to silence you I know there are certain things if I write about them on funny woman so if I write about for instance Louis CK I know that I will get a lot of responses on Twitter telling me I know nothing about comedy and yes. ruining it single-handedly. Mm. Um, and I should let Louis speak. <laughs> oh, God. I he think is he's speaking. It's fine. <laughs> no one stopped it. So. 
it's like Kate you you wrote a really an excellent article this week was up to the nice guy in uh, funny women I don't know if you girls saw it but it was obviously starting to tackle what's going on at the moment in well actually I, I don't want to say it is what's going on at the moment because it's been going on for so long it's kind of like <laughs> what's the news guys we know what the situation is but um obviously it's been brought to the fore, uh, foreground again great we're all discussing it um did you get any back backlash from that article Kate I meant to ask it I didn't actually um good I okay. think a lot of it is because if any men had attacked it I think they felt that that would be them saying I'm not a nice guy <laughs> <laughs> well, clever reverse psychology yeah I, like it. I mean just to sum it up it was just about um I think for a lot of the uh women comedians that have spoken out about some male comedians and promoters that have made them feel uncomfortable or even sexually assaulted them I think a lot of people have said oh but they're such a nice guy and then yeah. you're not allowed to continue yeah. reporting what is potentially even a crime yeah it's crazy how like with certain communities like their personality traits will come up as more important than their behavior when like you you have a friend like mine who's a black woman who's talking about stuff she cares about and she's continuously called aggressive and she, all she's doing is her job. Like, it's yeah. amazing the difference, the way we treat people. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So how how do you feel about the comedy arena at the moment? I mean, the blessing at the moment is we don't actually have to go out and interact with other humans. That's so, <laughs> Yeah, it's, it, I feel like it's been very exhausting because I um, don't... Because I feel like there's being a live comedian and there's being on the scene and I, which hasn't done me any favours, I'm not on the scene. I don't do those mixed bill gigs that I used to do when I was coming up with a sketch group. Um, but, and I, so I've always been like, oh, okay, well, I'm not really part of it. So I don't really feel the, I've got podcasts and I do voiceovers and I write and I basically get my income elsewhere so I don't have to really rely on it so I can go to Edinburgh with a show that I like and I'm excited mm. about rather than being like but this is my life as well I just don't think I'd be able to cope with that because I know friends who have that and it's just it's so destructive and not just because of the sexism and just anything it's just very hard um in general without all that stuff and um, but then I realized like over the last week that like the reason I'm not on the scene is because when I started, we were on the scene and we hated it because it was depressing. <laughs> it was sexist. We were constantly asked if we wrote our own material. My then boyfriend was also a sketch comedian. He was never asked that. Like he loved gigging and I didn't understand why he loved it. And whenever we turned up, everyone was so cold with us and so odd. And like, if we did well, it was uncomfortable. If we did badly, it was like, obviously. And I remember the first wow. time we ever did it, we ever did a gig, the MC introduced us literally, it's like a joke he and he, he was not joking he introduces us like so this is we, we were called massive dads and he was like so next time we've got massive dad who are and we got up and he was like oh they're all women okay well well <laughs> well, well i hope let, let's hope they're funny that's such bullshit our first ever and we, we, and we were like shaking and obviously like I mean, wow. thank god we were all right but then when we were all right he was like all oh, right that was actually quite good and it's just and that was our like introduction <laughs> and a way to set people up for their own show exactly mm. and also that's not that's so low level I, the stories i've heard this week like my whatsapp is just consistently pinging with screenshots and things of just awful stories that I makes my heart hurt that that the amount of women who haven't who if, if I stepped out of it 
um then just on that just for that like there was there was other things as well but never physical abuse then these women who've had to like the 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 people that we haven't heard from because Mm -hmm. of this makes me really sad like there's so many very talented women I know who don't do it anymore because why would you do that when you could have a nice life and do something that where people um where, where you feel part of the community and I know what that feels like because I used to work for women's magazines of course it's a room full of women and yes that has its problems of course but like at the same time it was a it's so different going to my day job with a with a group of 15 women and putting together a magazine and then in the evening going into these rooms where people were like oh what are you <laughs> and you were like supposed to just go on and be funny yeah. <laughs> terrible terrible yeah, I think the best revenge is just to be brilliant and and do other things for sure. I mean, I, I used to do a bit of stand up as well and, and I left for those reasons. Um, but I think, yeah, you do have to be really super brave to continue in it. As you say, it's just like financial reasons and everything aside, it's a big enough battle for a guy that's going into it, um, you know, gender aside. It's just um, it is really hard doing live comedy. Um, and my heart goes out to everyone at the moment who's not able to. But thankfully, we're. There's lots of really good online stuff and mm. you've been a part of that, Stevie. I've watched a couple of things that you've done, which were fantastic. Obviously, I wouldn't have you on this show <laughs> if I didn't think you were both amazing because we don't have any bad people. Have we had anyone awful? We haven't had any. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, we have. Not yet. No, I haven't had Not anyone I remember. awful yet. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> I think you just muted them. <laughs> how, are you finding, how are you finding the online comedy thing? Have you actually done any online stand-up yet? Or just sketches? Well, because I don't do... I mean, I do, actually. I always say I don't do stand-up, but that's another reason, because I try and... Um, just divorce myself from it because I hate it I hate the culture of it I love actual stand-up but I hate yeah. the, the culture um but I use a lot of like projection and um it's sort of like a almost like a parody TED talk basically whenever I'm doing anything um and there are I could do stand-up but I just I've I've done quite a lot of like online like you know improv things or you know a format and I've been a guest on and they've interviewed me as a jokey thing like um Bill Al's acting um studio oh but, I saw something else you were in actually the whatsapp comedy which I thought yes, was brilliant the whatsapp panel show which is brilliant but that. that was so uh, all those things have like a little twist to them but there is you can't get away from the fact that there's nobody there laughing so you don't know what's working so that in in your future answers you sort of ah they like silly stuff so I'll go more silly or like oh they like serious stuff so I like because audiences are all different on those things so you have this really weird thing where you just don't really know what is working so you just kind of have to fully trust yourself which is not the easiest thing to do so with Mm -hmm. um stand-up and stuff yeah I haven't because I just can't imagine me in my bedroom just talking to no to nobody and like tell like what do I do when I've made a joke if there's no laughing like I don't understand which is yeah because normally I'll I can I can just go go on to the next slide or go into the next thing but I don't know how that would would work would work in my bedroom and uh so yeah I've mainly Prom made cards, sketches maybe. Cards, yeah. please laugh. I've, I've made I've made sketches and stuff for mixed film night online nights um so that also then I don't have to be there and just submit the sketch and then <laughs> head off. So basically your career is born out of laziness. It's like whatever. Have you tried is. making a film and a sketch, mate? It's so hard. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I did one about... Um, there was one I saw that had about 17 different outfits or something. No, you were showing oh, the picking the pill in lockdown. Yeah, yeah. Then I locked down and I was like, this will be nice and easy. It took me like two days and I had to get dressed every time I did it. And it also wasn't that funny. So I have also editing is like 
editing is so heavy like subtitles and editing yeah. takes so long Sub- as well like. subtitles are the worst because there's all those little things where it's like oh cool you can just like submit your um, visuals and then the subtitles will just be made for you but they're not because they don't get it right and it has to be right yeah. for a joke so you have to do it yourself also some a friend of mine who's a comedian um was saying that it's just frustrating that in this lockdown we're supp- like it's like everyone's just expected us to be able to learn loads of skills like she's an excellent yeah. live comic she's brilliant actually you know she, she's um gabby best you know you, you know oh, gabby best gabby. Yeah. she's the best she's the best um, <laughs> uh, and but she hasn't done like online sketches because that's not what her thing is she used mm. to do characters and sketches but she's very much a stand-up she's like i don't want to slave away that uh, sorry i should not use the word i i i, I, I don't want to you know plug away trying to learn all of these like coding and like I'm a comedian I've I got think that's... But you know what her, her tweets about not making comedy online are actually really funny really <laughs> I've been following funny. those yeah. so she's got her own she's got her own format anyway. she has yeah she's yeah. like she's brilliant and um she will be one of those people that yeah like I, she's doing a Soho theatre run and that that got cancelled which is such a shame but yeah. when it comes back she's one of the people that I'm going to be rushing to go and see because I love her show 100 percent so good so what about you, Gina? What have you been up to during lockdown work-wise? <clears throat> Nothing. <laughs> no. Excellent. Um, I, well, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because <clears throat> my job is like very like I, before lockdown happened, I was mostly in rooms with people doing speeches. People often hire me to say things that they maybe can't say. So I was in Northern Ireland talking to politicians about why the law isn't um, there. They don't have an upskirting law. And there's a lot of different things like that offline. So I don't really have the opportunity to do that anymore. And to be completely honest with you, like, I'm not the kind of person who's going to like see a pandemic and go, right. So how does this fit into things I talk about? Like, what is this an opportunity yeah. an Opportunity for anyone? People are dying. So I was like, I almost was like, well, no one wants to talk about these things right now. And there's something massive happening and that's fine. And I don't have, I'm not, you know, I don't want to keep working to try and keep my own relevance. Like I, I would, I just want to work you. for the work. So I sort of stopped. Yeah. And I've been doing, I've had like a couple of writing jobs and I've done a couple of um, branded things on Instagram, done two, and that's kind of all I've done. And apart from that, I've just been doing like a lot of like reading and I've been doing a lot TikTok. of TikTok. Oh my God. Uh, uh, yeah. Are you embracing TikTok? I am Tik. I was going to try and read. <laughs> This is my this is my your job. I was gonna go. I was gonna. I'm TikTokaroo. That doesn't even make sense. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I've been. I've just been trying to make like positive content for people because my 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 um, thought process was like this is really hard for everyone and like you don't need another person being like hey get off your ass and change the world like people are really struggling. Yeah. So I've just been making like uh, roundups of the best stuff on TikTok, which is just like really wholesome, funny stuff with animals. I've been doing my ink girls, which is like paintings I do and selling those and just learning a lot reading a lot of books and taking the time I guess to like reconfigure what I want to do when I come out of this and how you know what what should change when we leave this because we shouldn't really go back to what we what we were doing in a lot of a lot of ways there should be a lot of change that comes out of this period so just self-educating and not really doing much work to be honest with you but it's kind of nice because like Stevie said um I've she said you needed to be forced to um slow down because I haven't taken time yeah. off since 2017 and I've gone I've just gone too hard for so long which I've it's been really important to me but like I've I sort of lost myself a bit I think and I've had to learn how to like take time for myself and like how to just be a normal human again during this period so it's actually been quite useful for me 
I would imagine there's quite a lot of causes that have come up during this period as well. And <laughs> that, you know, you're going to find your next next thing that you want to go and fight for. Yeah. There's so much in, in, in a way, if you, I would imagine um, for someone like you that at the moment there's so much that you want to fix in the world that it's probably a bit overwhelming as well. So it's good to take a bit of a space from that. Yeah, there's so many things to be talking about and especially everyone's got more time on their hands. They're thinking more deeply about everything. Someone said to me the other day, it was actually my housemate. She said, I think we maybe before this happened, we hadn't been used to thinking about how our actions affected people. And then the virus came along and the virus made you think, okay, so the way I move through the world is affecting different people almost instantaneously. And then Black Lives Matter was reignited. And that made you, you were almost open. People who weren't already were almost opened up maybe to that conversation where they hadn't been for. And so my DMs have just been full of like, I'm doing this thing. I'm doing this campaign. Can you share this? Can you do this? And it's really hard, but I guess just have to stay in my lane and be like, well, I'm good at these two things. I talk about these two things. And right now isn't the time for me to be talking about those um, apart from really white privilege maybe but yeah just taking it a little slow a bit and learning I guess that must be great though to have people slip into your dms that aren't you know um, unpleasant messages like that but they're saying you know your cause that what you achieved is actually inspired me to go and do x y and z that must feel great to get that kind of feedback yeah it's really nice it makes me feel like you can't ever see the things you do I think because you're too close to them so like I will mm. still think that the law change was maybe a bit of a fluke even though I know I were I was there every day for two and a half years and I know I did all of it but I still feels in my head like well mate, I can't ever do that again that was a that was a fluke which is just what I'm internalized to think but so it's very nice because it's validation but at the same time it gets very stressful because there are so many messages and I and when I started this work to try and help people or be a good person and try and do good things for the world so when you then have to go well I can't reply to all these because I can't, I can't mm. give advice on your campaign. Like that's consultation. I'd need to know a million things to give you any help. Yeah, yeah. So you have to kind of push back on a lot of them, which I find very hard, and and it comes with a lot of guilt. I think so. That's my yeah. Out. It's a huge but responsibility. It's not just like getting fan mail and someone saying, "Can you sign my, sign an autograph?" That you're right. If you get involved with a cause and you you haven't got the time or the the information, that could actually be to your detriment and to their detriment yeah and they're very like emotional a lot of them you know a lot of the messages I get Mm. are like very detailed accounts of like sexual assault or like I have something I need to get out of my house because my you know I'm I want I'm I've come out and my parents have rejected me and and it's like they because they see me Mm. as an empathetic compassionate person who's changed something that then means all issues come into my inbox but I'm actually not specialized in almost 99% of the ones that come in so it's very hard but I you know I'm lucky to be in that position and I often say it sometimes it just helps to write stuff out to people so I hope that it does when they write that to me and I was reading about your hang on I did make a note on this you've got a joint Instagram account two underscore torts for your pet rescue tortoises yeah are they influencing any policy right now or what they are shitting on the floor policy (laughs) (laughs) the main one how are they commuting are they commuting between homes during lockdown or what Mm. how's that work take the week (laughs) no tortoises tortoises um don't like they like to be alone and Mm. they don't like each other even though they are sisters as well um so we made I think a classic mistake when we were uh living together because we were like oh great like well actually my mum started speaking to this woman at garden center 
up in Cheshire who ran, not ran, but like had like a, it was almost like a halfway home for like abused tortoises. Like people like who had not been looked after, who'd been left, fed the wrong things, you know, not wanted, abandoned. And she would basically try and put, send them on to, to, to good, good homes. And my mum, this woman was like, we've got these sister tortoises. And my mum was like, we've got to get them. <laughs> so then she um, drove them down to London and we got you got a big run for them and they they seemed to be fine but then they started to kind of fight a little bit and then i moved out and so now that they are they are separate because i think i in, in my head i just thought well you're sisters so you'll get like what they don't like yeah nah, they're very solitary yeah, also stevie's tortoise uh, dr allison parker started humping my tortoise gary tortellini so yeah. we have that uh, right there because she got pregnant. We don't know how. It's just very strange. It's like having two aliens. They don't well, really they make hold, sense. They hold um, sperm in themselves for up to like five years and can decide <laughs> when to impregnate themselves. So my tortoise just decided to get pregnant like a year in. And it, the main, yeah, the main symptom of it was essentially raping her own sister, which is actually, that was what happened. Because Gary was just, who's a woman, was just completely... Yeah, it was having and, sex And Alison was going, yeah, but it wasn't... Gary was not no, it wasn't. Gary was really it. upset. It was really she was horrible. assaulting her. Yeah, it was horrible. So that, so that was really bad. And then now, so then we separated them. And then now, um, my tortoise, uh, Alison, uh, she's started acting really strange again. So uh, we're taking her to the vet next week because we think she's pregnant again. So she's released uh. the sperm again. And then when they don't want to lay, lay the egg, they just absorb the egg back into their bodies. That, that, that's what she did. This is but what they, we're they, dealing with. And like, we didn't know any of very it. Very revolting stuff, I have to say. I'm so sorry, but also, you know, really revolting. I'm trying to spread yep. the word, talk rights. We've got we've, we've got to know about how it works. Get, yeah. Like, we, we, I put them on my Instagram and I've stopped putting Gary on my stories because I always get messages saying, oh, I want a tortoise now. And I have to reply to every person saying, don't buy them because they're not meant to live here. They're exotic animals and they're only here because they were trafficked so much in the 80s. Secondly, if you're going to get one and you can't stop yourself, rescue one. But thirdly, they're a nightmare to look after. Like I would never pay yeah. Gary for anything, but my God, they are hard to look after. And um, and people just put them in a box and just like, think like, oh, it's fine. They're just the box of the garden. But if you actually look into it, that's not what's supposed to happen. So you, mm-hmm. so we, if you look after them properly, then you're never, you're basically trying to recreate where yeah. their species is from. And how can you recreate like, Italy. for example, it, this sort of, yeah, the wilds of Italy, like in your apartment, like you just can't. So the they, humidity, they, are, they, are, but... they are better off here than they are in a, in a box and in a, in a shed being not looked after. But at the same time, I, yeah, they're not. We shouldn't have it's them. It's like we shouldn't have them, and it's it's it, we we well no we should because we rescue them. But but people in England, I feel have that them. your bigger purpose here is to raise awareness. Yes, the, you know this is your next steps and your activism is guys stop getting tortoises as pets. Yeah, you know we've you've learned all this you've learned all this great information. We should just put it because I follow this uh, toucan sure on Instagram and she's a rescue toucan and um, <laughs> she's uh, living with an aviary specialist. So like it's all fine, but on on the bio and on everything it says like this is a rescue token. Do not buy it. So I think we should actually put that on two tours. We should Because do then that. it's a celebration of, rescu- of yeah. rescuing rather than worrying about, oh, people will want to buy them. So. Yeah, true. Good shout. Look, I mean, is- I personally never wanted to have a token as a pet, so I'm not sure that you're going to be saving many, but um, 
it's it's good intention mm. but um girls we haven't got a lot of time but I just wanted to play a little game with you because we've never done a game on this before yes please sure. and I figure it's it's Friday it feels a bit Friday right mm. and Kate you're also you're also gonna have to play I'm afraid <laughs> so it's called how alert are you and there'll be a theme tune um it's probably just gonna be me singing it um or my child so I'm gonna give you some situations and you have to respond with what you would do in this situation oh my in the God. current climate in the current climate in coronavirus world in the current in corona time okay, okay. so here we go how alert are you brilliant you're on the street and a really hot guy comes right up to you and it's like, oh, my God, he's so hot. He's going to say something. And just as he's about to speak, he sneezes. What do you do? I start crying. I... That'll, be, that'll be my answer to most of these things. Of the way. I freeze and start crying. Okay. Okay. <laughs> hope I'm wearing a mask. But if I'm not, I turn around and shout something at him and be like, get out of my personal space, you fucking idiot, because I'm really PC. But he's really gorgeous and he smells really I don't really care. I don't like though. guys who come up to me in the street, even if they're fit. So. Okay. Kate? <laughs> yeah, I'd be wearing my mask and just immediately crack out the hand sanitizer. Mm. Okay. Would Good. you would you apply it to his face as well or just, no. just to your own hands? <laughs> move your along. own face. <laughs> yeah. Move along. Okay. And would that be the end of the prospect of romance? I know you're all attached, but would that be enough to yeah, I just have no interest go out with uh, someone who's just sneezed at the face? Yeah, I mean there's no way. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm not sure if it was. I don't think it was a hate crime. I'm crying so hard, but I'm like, you're just not going to fancy him, are you? When he's just got snot everywhere, like, no, you'd be like, I think it's also it would it would take a lot. I don't think I've ever once. No, I've never. I mean, I'm sure I've never once started a relationship or gone on a date with someone who's just like approached me. Yeah, I have to sort of know them beforehand because I just don't. For some reason, that just doesn't. I just don't trust them, but it's really bad. But like, I'm just like, oh god! Ah, I mean, I've been watching confident. too much Notting Hill. Clearly, I'm like, I'm, I, I buy that. Although not on the train, that is a bit creepy on the train. I mean, mm. but like anyone listening, it's not creepy at all. And if you don't do it in, in a creepy way, I just mean like for yeah. me personally, I just need to, I need to know them a little bit beforehand, so I feel comfortable like going for dinner with them or something. But I'm really like lame and I haven't ever been on dating apps, and also I'm a serial monogamist, so boring. <laughs> So this poor sod's not got any chance. Okay, let's move on to the next one. Now, it does say you're in Topshop, but I'm going to change that to um, an ethical... Let's, let's think <laughs> of an ethical Topshop's fine. Topshop's fine. Go for it. A, ch- a charity shop. shop. Okay. Yeah. A charity... Okay. You're in a charity shop and you see the perfect pair of jeans. You've wanted them forever. And amazingly, they're in your size, but they're the last pair. As you go to grab them, a snotty kid touches them with their hand. Oh. What do you do? Oh, no. Are they Levi 5 I get them. They're your absolute dream, Levi Five. Yeah, I get them. I get really cheap. Put them in a bag, take them home, hot wash. Yeah, literally the same. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and, then, and then, but I'm crying during it. <laughs> You're still crying. Okay. Sorry, yes. I'm crying. Okay. Yes. Do we have any interaction with a small child, or are we just trying to pretend? They no, we're too nervous. I'm too nervous. To, kids do stuff all the time to me. A kid nearly ran me over yesterday. And I'm too nervous to ever like make any judgment on parents. Were they driving? <laughs> yeah, I was like, can you make sure your five year old stops driving? Like Jesus. <laughs> no, they were on a bike, and she came right into my shins, and I was like, Gina, who's never had a kid, wants to be like control your children. But Gina, who knows mm. who, who knows that parenting is probably the hardest thing in the world, just goes, oh, have a lovely day. And then walk off. 
I have clutching like, your broken shoe. Yeah. I have um, horrible flashbacks. I got bullied at school and I have horrible flashbacks whenever I, I'm like 32 now. When I see a group of like 15 year old lads, I, I start I to get really upset. Do you? I get really upset. Like I, I will I will avoid a group of children more than I will avoid a group yes. of fully grown men. <laughs> I'm like, because like, once I was in I used to live in uh, Streatham and I was walking across the common and I was wearing a hat and a child came up and pulled my hat off and then they threw it to each other. They were all laughing and I missed <laughs> They gave the hat back, but they were like, Oh god, sorry. This is like full woman just crying because oh they're happy. That's horrible, though. That's like your five again. Or ten That's again. I felt like, like that. So, yeah, I think that's because it's you know when it's like the bullying hasn't got an agenda with kids it doesn't really have an agenda it's yeah. worse yeah. in a way you're like if it's just because I'm a woman come on I don't have a yeah. response That's to this random. there's nothing I can say to this it's just like give me my hat back <laughs> oh my god that's the worst because now like however many decades on I couldn't make a response at school because I was a child but now I'm like I am a you know I do on stage if someone like goes to the loo or someone does something odd like I have responses but then yeah in actual real time it's like why have you taken my hat <laughs> rubbish sorry I shouldn't laugh oh, no, I shouldn't laugh right it's funny it's silly okay I've got one more scenario for okay. you right you pass a stand-up comedy venue it's like your favorite stand-up comedy venue it doesn't quite work for Gina but you imagine Soho it's theater. like a, I love it a hall Soho theater okay the door is wide open there's a mic on a stand all the lights are up the PA's working there's no one around do you go in and do five minutes if you set? Absolutely just, not. Just, just, no, do you have a set? Stevie's like, fuck off. <laughs> Absolutely not. No, I no, because in Matt, just there's just too many reasons why not. Someone walks in. Uh, it's actually they they're filming it as an introduction to a Netflix special, and I've done my high five. Also, I just no. Also, I'm relieved, and this is terrible to say, but I'm relieved every time I'm not performing live comedy. Like every time <laughs> I'm not doing it, I'm like, oh, how nice. When I'm actually like just finished that's my favorite because it's like that's the longest time I will have until I have to do it again <laughs> I, wow I, I, lo- okay. I love being on stage in the, in the moment but like the vibe of actually starting it I'm always absolutely terrified <laughs> no way <laughs> that's so good well I, I'm delighted to say you've all passed yeah you're all incredibly alert so well done I mean well done, go everyone. forth and not multiply because yeah. you know you can't touch anyone no. but um, well thank you so much for coming on the show and uh keep doing all all your great things and let us know about it funny women and uh obviously we'll share and retweet and everything um any last thoughts you wanted to share before we go you're okay i don't think so no i don't have lessons oh i all guess right. listen to our podcast oh yeah uh, sorry yeah yes. uh listen to our podcast <laughs> Yeah, our podcast is fun. It's about social media. I hate it. G- G- Gina loves it. And we've got great guests. So we've got bloody Ed Balls. We've got... Um, <gasps> dream guests. We've got Emma Gannon. We've got Nish Kumar. We've got uh, Rose Masfaya. Rose, Rose Masfaya was good. Yeah, so lots of great people. So have a... And it's, it's fun. It's short. It's fun. Mm-hmm. And you have a book out, Gina, still. Are you working on another one yet? I'm or, not, no. Or should we plug... I'm not, but okay, I have so, one that's just called Be the Changers Toolkit for the Activist in You, and it's a very accessible place to start if you want to change anything. It's a great book. Thanks, Stevie. You've been listening to the Funny Women Survival Guide, and I've been your host, Alexis Strum. Thank you so much to Gina and Stevie for joining me in the studio. And of course, thanks also to Kate Stone from Funny Women for repping the Funny Women Massive. 
Gina can be found on Twitter at Gina Martin UK with capital U and capital K. And Stevie can be found on Twitter at the number five, T-E-V-I-E and a capital M. And finally, let's get to some recommendations. Come on, let's get some comedy in our lives. Save live comedy. Right. Suze Kempner is creating her own Edinburgh Festival online throughout August called Susenberg, of course. Follow her at SuzUK, S-O-O-Z-U-K. And also check out um, a particular favourite of mine, Eva Victor's comedy sketches, including her wedding tribute video, in case you're really missing out on weddings. Um, I actually am, because I like all the cake and free champagne, but there you go. <laughs> so follow her at Eva and her IUD. That's a great Twitter handle. And in terms of funny women events, there's the Comedy Crash Course starting Monday the 20th of July, the Community Workout Find Your Voice on 23rd of July, and put this date in your diary, 24th of September, for the Funny Women Awards final. Check out funnywomen.com for more information. And finally, if you want to find out more about me, go to thetimeialmost.com and try and guess my middle name. Please subscribe, download, rate, review, and share this podcast. Your ongoing support means like everything to us. Please keep listening. Thank you. Stay funny and stay safe.